State Senator Samra Brook, a Rochester Democrat who held a hearing this spring on how to best integrate doulas into New York's maternal health care system, released a report this summer on how to increase access to doula care in the Empire State. And Senator Brook, who gave birth to her first child in 2022 with the aid of a doula, joins us on the Capitol Press Room to discuss her report and its policy recommendations. Welcome back to the show, Senator. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's our pleasure. So let's start with the reason for increasing access to doulas. What does the data tell us about the impact on health outcomes, especially for women of color, before, during, and and after they give birth? Great question. Uh, One of my favorite questions to answer, especially because I always like to remind people that doulas are really a very ancient concept. So this is something that goes far back into history, but really fell out of the norm as births were more often happening in a hospital setting. And of course, we have our OBGYNs and all these other providers. So for anyone who hasn't heard yet, a doula is a non-medical non-medical professional that offers emotional, informational, physical support, both to the birthing person and the, you know, the, the child, but also the rest of the family and the partner. And so when we think about where we are now, right, we really do have a maternal health crisis in this country. Um, and unfortunately, in New York State, we don't even do as well as nationwide statistics. Um, when we look at New York State, when it, especially when it comes to Black women, we're not doing as well. They're five times more likely to die in childbirth or, or due to complications with pregnancy. One of the ways that we can address this crisis is with the use of doulas. So when you look at what doula care is able to achieve for birthing people and their families, you see a decrease in overall cesarean rates by 50%. I love this one because anyone who's ever given birth, if I tell you a doula on average can shorten the length of labor by 25%, I know every single person would raise their hand, including myself. They reduce requests for epidural. And then postpartum, they increase the likelihood that a child and a a mother can breastfeed successfully. Um, They spend six to 11 times as much time with the birthing parent than, than most clinical staff. So all of these things lead to improved maternal health outcomes for the entire family and in many ways are also representative of cost savings for our overall healthcare system. Okay. Well, now let's turn to how to actually access doulas. And when we talked about your hearing in the spring, you noted that doulas are largely inaccessible for low-income women because Medicaid generally doesn't pay for their services with some exceptions in terms of pilot programs that we can get to. How would you like to see this overall dynamic changed? Is it as simple as requiring Medicaid plans to cover doulas? That's definitely part of it. And that is something that we were able to celebrate earlier this year. Many thanks to the governor, thanks to our our commissioner, DOH, and of course, to all of the community-based doulas who have been in this fight even before I joined it. But it was really through all of that, both internal and external advocacy, that we were able to finally get this Medicaid benefit for doula services. So when we look at New York State, you are looking at nearly half of the births in New York State under Medicaid. And so when we think about the larger maternal mortality crisis, what that shows us is we could essentially affect nearly one in two births in New York State by 
creating a Medicaid reimbursement for doula care. And so that's where we are starting in terms of reimbursement. And so that's what we celebrated earlier this year, that New York State will be submitting the state plan amendment so that starting in 2024, any birthing person on Medicaid can get doula care reimbursed through Medicaid. However, I will not be satisfied, nor I believe should any of us be satisfied until any birthing person in New York State who wants one can readily access doula care, meaning that it's affordable and reimbursed through their insurance. And so we certainly have a long ways to go, but this is certainly a major step that at least those enrolled in Medicaid know that they can get reimbursement for this care. And what did we learn about providing doula services through Medicaid to low-income women as the result of this pilot program that was rolled out in Kings County and Erie County. I know there were some concerns about participation in this and whether it could even get off the ground in one of these counties because of the reimbursement rates. How did that actually play out? We had two pilot programs, Kings County and Erie County. The one you just referred to is in Kings County. Essentially what happened there is that rates were just so low, there was just not really any enrollment. It really could never get off the ground, unfortunately. However, up in Erie County, over closer to my neck of the woods in Western New York, it was able to get off the ground and they saw tremendous not just enrollment, but benefit for the birthing people who were a part of this pilot. And even just as importantly, the doulas who worked within that pilot were a huge part of our advocacy push for getting the Medicaid rolled out statewide. A number of them not only have been a part of our statewide coalition, but also spoke at our hearing back in March. And some of the things that they shared were one, certainly about the reimbursement rate. So it just simply was not enough for a doula to support their family and to be doing this you know, exclusively with Medicaid clients. And so we've worked really hard to advocate for a more equitable reimbursement, which was this 1930 number, $1,930 per birth that we fought for all year with a statewide coalition of doulas. We were unable to get that so far. We'll continue fighting for it, but we at least were able to push for a a pretty large increase in what that rate is going to be, which DOH has talked about, but of course it has not been officially submitted to the federal government yet. So we certainly learned about that and it mirrored the same things that we see in overall data in terms of not just health outcomes increasing, but there is this other piece that I, I really want people to understand, which is also how you feel after your birth. Oftentimes, yes, it can be traumatic experience. Things probably don't go the way you thought they were going to go. Um, we all say, you know, you've got a birth plan, but really it's, you know, kind of like your idea of how you want it to go and, and things will change and things won't go perfectly. But at the end of the day, when you look at how birthing people two days out, a week out, a couple months out, how do they look back at that experience? Do they feel as though they were in charge of their own bodies? Do they feel as though they were informed of what was happening? Do they have a positive look in terms of what that experience was like? Doulas are huge with that. And so we also heard stories about people saying, like, I rate my outcome higher, even if maybe things happened that I wasn't planning on or it wasn't perfect, but I felt comfortable. I felt supported. And so all of those things are so crucial as you're bringing this life into the world and getting ready to parent this life for the foreseeable future. And so that's another piece that really came out of the hearing and also came out of being able to have this you know, relatively small pilot in Western New York. 
Well, I want to unpack that reimbursement rate you talked about, about $1,900, because that's not just for services in the process of the actual delivery, right? Can you talk about what this would actually cover for women moving forward? Definitely. So what we look at are eight prenatal or postpartum visits, and the average time for those visits is about two hours. So I just want folks to think about that for a second. Having just been doing this last year, I can tell you I was probably in and out of my OB's office you know, the appointment itself, maybe 20 minutes, you know, you check on the baby, ask a couple questions and you're out. And so when you think about the average visit of a doula being two hours, that's where we start talking about that spending six to 11 times more time than with your clinician with a pregnant person. So there's eight of those visits. And then there's the continuous labor support. As anyone knows, that could be a few hours that could be over the course of days. That is the, that's why we say it's prenatal, it's birth, and then it's postpartum. And for each of those segments, right, of of that care, it looks different. So, for example, in the prenatal time, I remember doing a four-hour meeting with my doula all around birth education, teaching me what an APGAR score was, teaching me exercises to help feel more comfortable through contractions. It was a four-hour, essentially a course that she walked me through. Then it was the days in the hospital that she was there. And then, of course, home visits, you know, when you're home with your newborn. And so it really is comprehensive. And that's why we see so many of these impacts, right, of how it's able to improve outcomes for people because of the time that they're spending. The eligibility requirements to be a doula for participation in the pilot programs that we mentioned don't seem very extensive. So do we need a process for licensing and regulating doulas across the state? Or because they are, like you said, non-medical professionals, is it okay to have a more lax review process in terms of who's participating and who's able to receive Medicaid funds? Well, that's exactly what, and I have to give credit where it's due uh, with Department of Health right now. That's exactly what they're doing. So Department of Health, ever since we had our final enacted budget with our first ever notable line item for doula care, which we hope will grow in coming years. But, you know, part of it was these town halls that they're hosting. So um, our office has been involved in just in terms of trying to facilitate some of this um, with the larger doula collective statewide. Um, But there has been pretty robust participation from community-based doulas all over the state in these town halls talking about things just like this. So working with DOH around what does it look like to be certified as a doula, to have your requirements, right? And then what does it look like to potentially fund the organizations who are doing that? And so a lot of what has come up, and we also found this in our research, are these community-based organizations that do a lot of the recruitment, they do a lot of the education, and they do a lot of the administrative background work so that doulas can focus more on their clients as opposed to how to get reimbursed and all these other things. So that's something that we're hoping through these town halls, we will come to the place we need to where we are creating systems in which we can get Obviously, we want more doulas involved, right? We want to get them certified. We want to get them into this process, enrolled in Medicaid, but also so that individuals on the other side, the birthing people, feel comfortable and supported that the person they have by their side knows them, knows the system, and is able to provide them the support that they need. So, you know, my call here would be 
I love the idea of town halls. I'm glad our doulas are participating. It's amazing. We have to make sure, though, that the things that are being said in these town halls are actually implemented into the policy when it comes time um, to actually roll this out in 2024. Well, finally, thinking about that rollout and trying to gauge the effectiveness of both the doulas, the effectiveness of the Medicaid rates, what sort of metrics or evaluation are you looking for to gauge how we utilize these doulas and the Medicaid program in the future? Because it seems like that's an important part of how doulas are going to be utilized in the future. As with any policy that we roll out on a statewide basis, we want to make sure that we're being effective and we're reaching the people who need it most. But if I'm being really honest, I love being driven by data as much as anyone, probably from you know my background and even the private sector of working in technology and all of these other programs where we always are driven by data and we absolutely should be driven by data here. But what I will say is in this moment, we so much more need to focus on making sure that it actually happens. Because the truth is, there won't be any data, right, if we can't get reimbursement to a rate where doulas actually want to enroll. There won't be data on this program if we create such a cumbersome system to enroll as a as part of Medicaid that no community doula wants to do it. We've got to fund the community organizations that are providing that administrative background help for these doulas. We've got to support them. We've got to get the governor to sign my community doula directory bill to make sure that the information is out there for individuals searching for a doula that takes Medicaid. So all of these things as part of the implementation have to get done before we can even talk about what data looks like, because there won't be any, right, if we don't get this right. So that's really what I'm focused on is both the supply and the demand side, making sure people who are supplying this care are reimbursed at a rate that they can actually enter this field, recruiting them to be you know, in these roles, making it easy enough for them to get reimbursed and they're not getting denials. And then on the demand side, making sure that those individuals uh, who are enrolled in Medicaid are also educated about the fact that doulas are available to them, right? What is a doula? And here's how you get one. And, you know, here's our statewide directory of everyone that you can access and making sure that that is a pool of care providers who are reflective of the individuals who are seeking care. And that's why when I'm saying community-based doula, we're talking about individuals based in communities who are reflective both ethnically, linguistically, culturally um, of their populations. Well, we've been speaking with State Senator Summer Brook. She is a Rochester Democrat. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you so much for having me. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.